well, 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 thank you all for joining us again for another edition of Halal Cartels. Uh, it's, um, I'm here uh, solo this week. It is an away game episode. Unfortunately, Samir Nassim is juggling his family obligations this week. He'll be MIA, but you know that when we have an away game episode, I'm always joined by a delightful guest. And uh, today is no exception. You're in for a treat because, man, I'm so excited. Uh, I've seen this, um, this performer, this artist, this comedian, this writer around the city uh, for years. And it's, uh, we, we keep making plans to get a coffee, but time and space uh, are constraints that we can't seem to, to master. So uh, we had to do it on Zoom. Um, my good friend Suni Reyes is on the pod today and uh, she has a really great Instagram feed. Uh, she does great characters, stand up and uh, writes and she's affiliated with Latino Rebels. So um, here we are, Suni Reyes, what's going on? <laughs> Let's do this. This is the the story of every uh, friendship that uh, um, involves two boroughs. <laughs> You're Brooklyn, I'm Queens, and it's always like, we'll make it happen. And it's like, oh no, there is an hour of commute. <laughs> yeah, if anything, the one good thing about the pandemic was that it kind of uh, accelerated our entry into the Jetsons age. Hello. Um, of uh, now we're all on screens talking to each it other. It brought the boroughs together, honey. Zoom saved <laughs> New York City. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, SUNY, I don't know what's going on with you these days, but uh, I have recently started going back into uh, public schools to teach. OMG. Uh, IRL. Yeah. I've gotten off. I salute you. I salute you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, man. And these middle schoolers, you know, they're keeping me young. They're keeping me young. I know who uh, NBA young boy is now. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, are you teaching like eighth graders or like sixth graders? Uh, I'm teaching fifth through eighth graders. Oh, okay. Uh, these fifth graders, they're wild, man. Um, oh my God. It's been two years since I've seen them in person. And I'm, I went to a school in Prospect Park, Lefferts Garden. And uh, I'd say like, um, a significant percentage of my students were non-binary, pretty wow. like, mind-blowing. I would have never uh, conceived of that when I was a middle schooler in the 90s. Is this Brooklyn? Yeah, is this Brooklyn? Is BK kids, non-binary BK kids, NBs. Amazing. And, uh, and then also uh, some kids that are not, yeah, I guess uh, transition, they're not fully, they're not transitioning yet, but mm -hmm. they're thinking about it. And- wow. uh, I'm in there, I'm trying to, I'm teaching democracy, which is insane. <laughs> uh, Are you for real? Yeah. Are you a democracy teacher? I'm a civics and democracy. I'm like a young Amy Goodman. I'm like, hello, yeah. welcome to ah. democracy now. And- Oh my um, God. Are they into it? Are they like into democracy? It's a vibe. They're, they think it, they think it might uh, help uh, still. They think there's hope for democracy. I, we think there's hope. We don't. We don't want to move to Florida. We'll stay here, but there's hope. Yeah, I try to keep them right? on topic. You oh. know, <laughs> they they still they have hope. Um, and uh, but you know they're so wild. Like I said, they they teach me every day something fun and new. 
Like uh, I walk in the room and I was like, hey, we're going to talk about the origins of democracy from the European perspective, at least through ancient Athens. And then uh, and I'm like, no questions yet, but I see a hand raised. Alma, what would you like to what would you like to ask? And Alma's like, uh, hey, did you know Frida Kahlo was bisexual? And I'm like, <laughs> Alma, that's fascinating. A little off topic, but happy, happy to hear. Uh, I love I love how you get like a health class uh little uh combo it's like democracy health class slash sexuality class and (laughs) it is truly amazing that is that is pretty amazing yeah and uh and I was like and I was like Alma I didn't know that about Frida because even if I did I want to make her feel like she had uh, right of course something right and I'm like here's another little known fact about Frida Kahlo even though she was dating Leon Trotsky uh and uh he was murdered in mexico she probably killed by stalin uh to her dying day she was still a big fan of stalin so shout outs to tankies around the world that is that is in that this is fifth grade fifth grade these are fifth graders but their parents are professionals so right so they're like thinking as like uh 11 graders probably yeah yeah they're you know i always thought that it really most children, um, the parents do matter so much because I don't remember learning very much from my actual classes. I just remember my grandmother taking me to the library uh, during the summer yes. and let yes. me pick any book that I wanted. So it was really her oh, who, yeah. who helped um, jumpstart yeah. my education. Yes. No? Teachers have no time to teach. The system doesn't allow them to teach. <laughs> It's just like they have time to test and teach to the test. And it is truly sad. Like my son is a middle schooler. He's in sixth grade. And they just had, this week is their like state test. They brought it back. (laughs) State tests are back. (laughs) You know, they took it away for the, um, during the quarantine and, you know, uh, most of the pandemic uh, school year, there was no test test, state test involved. But they're back. And um, this was actually my son's first year taking. I always like upped it. I was like, I'm not interested in any of this. I don't need my son to be filling out little bubbles. Right. To feel like he, <laughs> to feel like he knows, you know, or that he's learning something. It's not learning. That's not how you learn. Filling bubbles. And it's just very sad how t- truly the system has made teachers, you know, turn teachers into just test givers and 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 the, the unless at home people are having these conversations or reading you know books like anti-racist baby <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> there is no like it's very hard is it's very hard to, to expect yeah. the kids to be learning in school right now it is truly I mean I know I, I, I it, they're they're doing the best they can but I know the system is just re- the system is requiring them, requiring them to do something that is not teaching. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm blessed because I, I work uh, through different organizations. Like I work through museums, I work through nonprofits to go into the schools and teach. And so when I show up, I'm not their classroom teacher. I'm the mm-hmm. one uncle who gets fun to uncle. come in and legitimately teach critical race theory, <laughs> which, which Baby no- lives. Yeah, no teacher is really teaching, but then I'm sitting with my 
like when I hear Republicans like losing their minds and like going apoplectic right. talking about- They don't know, they don't know that it's you. I'm like, oh, they're talking, they're literally talking about me. Like I am, I am the enemy. <laughs> yeah, they're so dumb that they really think that we're not, we're gonna make a law. They cannot say anything in the classroom. Like, yeah, after school programs are getting it done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or like, I don't know, camps yeah. or whatever. There's there's always going to be a place that, you know, we're going to get it done. But it's just, and I know a lot of teachers do want to teach and they want to, you know, like it, it's just, it's just very sad because even when they want to, the books and the materials that they're given, you know, my son comes home with like the first day of like, I think it was fifth grade and it was like, uh, it was a Christopher Columbus lesson about how he, brought a pineapple to the natives. And that's how pineapple became a symbol of, of welcoming. And like it, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. excuse me, as a colonial subject, let me give. And then I, I have to teach my son history. Every single time there is a social studies lesson, I have to teach him the real history. They did the whole thing about the, the American revolution. And I was like, wait a minute let's talk about the natives and slavery and how you know that was never never in the books about how you know they were used for the revolution but then like uh yeah my bad you guys still gonna work for us and for free and it's like what what is going on like it's just they don't really they don't have the the again like more anti-racist baby books needs to be need to be included yeah you know in the material they just don't have these materials they don't have they're they're, they're teaching they're actually uh my son is studying uh ancient uh civilizations and it's all like they, they did a, a one uh about religions and i was like all right uh what religions were discussed and they were all abrahamic religions there were no African traditional religions, you know what I mean? No, Kemet was not nowhere to be found. And, and you know, I, then I gave him that that um, point of view where like a lot of the Abrahamic religions just took <laughs> these elements from what they call pagan paganism or, or African traditional religions. And then you just, you know, made their own thing to like, bring the masses with them and conquer land and native native religions native native spirituality native to like uh, kemet to africa native to native land here in america they are not about imperialism they are not about conquering people and converting people <laughs> you know right. so so it's that point of view of like of like where you're starting religions, but these religions are, they were, oh, it was always like a, a dick measuring contest. It was always, oh, but my religion have these kind of, this amount of followers and my religion conquered these amount of lands. And, and it's like, but what about spirituality? <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, oh yeah, Buddhism, that's spiritual. And then he, we kind of like had a whole talk about how, you know, how a lot of these religions were attached to empires and some other, and the spiritual ones were just like, trying to better yourself, be a better human being, you know? And he's so interested in that. He's like, all right, so I'm gonna take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like he's like he's he's trying to figure out and I'm like, I'm gonna let him figure it out. I, I grew up Catholic, but I'm, I'm just gonna let him figure it out and then let me know where you wanna go. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that uh, you made me think right now, like because I'm teaching um, some history and we go between ancient Athens and uh, the US, I had to teach the kids like the difference between uh, CE and uh, like, and then BCE. So like BC and AD is how we were raised with it. But right. Uh, and, and uh, you know, well, there's this uh, Christ, you know, uh, look, this, we're looking at this through a Eurocentric lens. And I'm going to tell you right mm -hmm. off the bat that Christianity, you know, conquered Europe. And so all of these like timekeepers are using that as the metric. But if we were in China right now, it would be a completely different uh, year system. <laughs> <laughs> right. And if we have anybody in this class that's Jewish, you already know that you all celebrate like a different um, year than this one. Right. Right. So right. Right. It's right. all it's all arbitrary, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> How we count time is uh, is all it's insane. But also the calendar that we use now was the natives' calendar from the Mayans, and it's like, <laughs> are we gonna give them credit? Like, are we gonna like you know these, yeah. these people like? <laughs> It's always the native people, the people that had the spiritual systems that that were um, connected to the land in the sense of nature, connected to nature, the stars, the, the moon, the sun, like, you know, the the crops, how, how the crops, you know, uh, the cycle of agriculture. And then and then and then we forgot about how to, to be humans and how to look at the sun and figure out the time and the moon cycles and <laughs> I'm trying, I'm honest, we have taken this whole pandemic to like relearn how to be a human. <laughs> in the sense of like, in the sense of like self, uh, how do you call that when you like can take care of yourself on your own? Oh my God. Uh, what is it, self-care? No, 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 no. Wait, self-care is like the, the white version of it. No, it's, <laughs> right, they call it self-care. Like, shut up, you don't know. What is this? Oh my God, what is this stupid word? When you are self-sufficient, self-sufficient. That's right. Grow your own crops. Exactly. I was like, oh, damn, I know nothing. Like, I cannot keep a basil plant alive. <laughs> it is so uh, sad. Yeah. I mean, I thought uh, it would be really cool to learn. Um, the first thing people think about, I think, a default with self-sufficiency uh, is, like, to buy a gun. And I'm like, no, that's, like, the last step. Right. The first step is like that's after you have a, an actual skill and people that you can prove that they depend on you, then you have to defend them. Yeah, like learn how to um I want to learn how to like uh how to how to stitch up my own wounds. Oh shit. Oh well that's yeah. major. Make your you own. jump from like basal plant to like <laughs> wounds. Yeah, street medic. I want to learn how to do my own dentistry. You know, you guys, oh, you don't have insurance? Come over, Poppy will take care of you. What do you need? I'll pull that out. Don't worry, man. No, we don't need to, we'll just put a gold tooth in there. It's fine. Right, right. Hey, yeah. that was, that was gangster when they did that. Like I was, I, I, I actually read up on that recently. I was like, wait a minute, what? That these like, these like kings and like these people that we know that were like kind of like empowered, they, they had their own dentists, like putting like gold and stuff in their mouths. Like, wait a minute, what? They would, they, if they have a, a crooked, not crooked, or if they lost teeth or their teeth were bad, they would take teeth from like dead people and implant them in their mouths. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, how? Oh my God. Uh, we just been, we just been figuring things out for a while as humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm into that, man. I'm into self sufficiency. I want to make sure I want to grow my own crops. 
man, uh, I'm like, ugh. And, and the thing is like the thing, because I didn't grow up here, I grew up in Puerto Rico. So this whole four seasons thing that now has turned to two seasons has gotten me like, oh, like, wait a minute, what? Like th there's like different zones of the, for the soil, like zone, uh, you know, that are perennial and some, uh, you know, s some plants that just like, you know, can be uh, grown all year round and you don't have to replant them. And I was like, wait a minute, what? It's not like I just, I can just, plant the seed and it will forever grow is like no like they'll die and then winter comes and then I'm like, oh shoot like I didn't know yeah I know the power of winter but the whole thing about how plants are that peace out I'm done dead winter is here yeah so uh you made me think about this um almost like a theory between different uh evolutions in culture where there are peoples who grew up in tropical climates mm -hmm. or civilizations that were tropical versus uh ones that had uh, harsh winters so like right. if, you, if you grew up in a tropical uh, climate or like your culture is from that there's always an abundance of fruit right there's always Listen. an abundance of you don't Give me my mangoes and avocados i'm good <laughs> Yeah, you don't need to pickle things. You don't need to make cheese. You don't need to preserve jams. Things. I was like, what? <laughs> because you can just grab grab something off a tree and be like, here. Or oh, we ate all the food, but more food's growing. And in like um, European or like or like wintry climates, mm -hmm. uh, it's a culture of work really hard for a couple months to harvest the crops, right, and then store them somewhere. And kill anybody that tries to uh, to get some of your of what you've been hoarding. Oh so it's like, it's like a hoarding mentality versus a uh, a mentality of abundance. So right. Yes. Yes. Scarcity versus abundance. Yeah. And how sad and ironic <laughs> that those <laughs> that those are the people that ended up colonizing the world. Well, why that would abundant abundant people wouldn't colonize? Because right, that's right. <laughs> right, exactly. But the fact that they they were so bitter with their stupid winters and their and their stupid like uh, I don't know uh, uh, jar food that they were just like, oh, <laughs> you got trees, you got fresh fruit, you're gonna work for me. This is mine now. I'll destroy it all. Oh, it is so disgusting. How they literally saw paradise and real, like the, the real civilizations were like, we're like, we're gonna share and they'll live in communes and just like, you know, give thanks to God for the trees. And they're like, no, <laughs> we are gonna destroy this. You don't know what winter is. Fuck y'all. Yeah, yeah. They're like, uh, heaven, there's a heaven somewhere else that's not here. And that is kind of, I think, a thought that uh, comes into your mind when you're um, in a cave, shivering, waiting for springtime. But if you're living somewhere where it's always springtime, you're like, what? This is heaven. Right, 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 right. I need right, to right. wait for some other time. Right, right, right. So but I want to ask. There's yeah. beauty in, in both. I think there's beauty in winter too. They just... It's just greed that, you know, and jealousy is so disgusting. Leave the tropic alone. What, uh, so you grew up in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And um, something I've been following a lot is uh, your Instagram feed and all of the stories that you post about uh, sort of the situation in Puerto Rico as it's unfolding and has been. Um, 
kind of around uh well one is just the recent land grab of uh like tech bros of mm -hmm. puerto rico and what's your you do you still have relatives in uh, santurce and all of them <laughs> like you know, all of my family is in puerto rico and dominican republic i'm, I'm dominican oh. puerto rican but yeah was born and raised in puerto rico and um in santurce i have uh cousins and aunts but um my family is now a little bit more spread out i have i have family in Bayamón, I have family in, in Rio Piedras, I have family in the southern part of the island, Sabana Grande, where my dad is from. So I, you know, so I, I um, in all areas are, are equally um, going through it because of, yeah, the land grab that started with this Act 20, Act 22 uh, law that our corrupt colonial government came up with to uh, basically uh, continue the process of whitening the island of, of um, pushing natives away to make the land what unfortunately most of the Caribbean has turned out to, to be. Um, which is just like this uh, rich people's paradise. They just, <laughs> speaking of what we were talking about, about the, just we're just going to paradise oh my god and after 126 years of being a colony of the united states like having no say no vote having our economic system our political system completely controlled by the u.s and having our people fighting all of the wars of the u.s we <laughs> we have been um now bombarded with these tech bros with you know the Brock Pierce and the Logan Pauls and all these people that are into Bitcoin um, coming in and just buying buying properties in mass. I'm talking about where I grew up in Santurce used to be a you know a very poor working class black and brown neighborhood like like it was it was like you either lived in like a road of houses where like there was no luxury or you lived in the projects. That was like, that was it. Like you, there was no like, oh my God. But now all of these houses and even the, they want to get rid of the, uh, like uh, demolish a lot of the projects in the area in, in Santurce, they, they just want to, they were like, ooh, wait, the beach is only 10 minutes away and we're in the capital of this city wait let's push all these poor people away and just buy a mass they just you know with a lot of the immigration that has happened because of the natural disasters and the economic disasters that we have gone through there's a lot of houses that were empty and instead of selling it to people the working class of people that wanted to buy homes in puerto rico the sellers started to um favor foreigners <laughs> they were just like because they were offering more money they were offering it in cash because you know when you do apparently when you do bitcoin you become this cash mo i don't know i don't know how bitcoins bitcoin works i just i just know that it seems to be <laughs> a pyramid scheme <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is destroying my island <laughs> 
that is literally they're just like we're using this pyramid scheme to make like real paper and then we use that paper to um displace all these people and then we make more money and that's how the cookie crumbles and it's just like wait a minute and i know this because i have friends that were trying to buy homes friends that are teachers working people friends that are professionals that were trying to buy homes and they how in the these are people that were born and raised in puerto rico they could not find a home they could not they would be like no we, we don't have anything in your in your range or oh, or the bank would not uh, like approve their their um loans even though they were like professionals they had incomes they have families no we just and then they'll find out they'll put a bid for a house and then they'll find out like some uh foreigner that didn't even have a name because they come in with these uh corporate or like these their their llc names you know like my name yeah. is <laughs> bro and it's like bro but like a bunch of like they just take like 10 houses at once it's a pineapple bro dot llc hello literally <laughs> so then they find their life so who got it and then when they asked they would not get a name of a puerto rican or a native they would get like oh these this corporation or the these people bought a bunch of them and yours was part of the deal unfortunately they took hurricane maria as their excuse to do that it was like kind of like they were brewing the idea of like we're tired of of we're, we're tired of Puerto Ricans. So like, let's make this like more uh, gringo like, and they were like, great. A lot of them left because their houses were destroyed. This is our, this is our shot. Right. They, <laughs> it's completely insane. It's truly insane what, what's happened because it, it has affected, it, it always affects the most vulnerable. It affects the kids. Like education is down. If education is bad here, Imagine like how, it is so bad. The Department of Education, the Secretary of Education in Puerto Rico was this freaking gringa. It was a white lady from here that the government of Puerto Rico hired to supposedly, you know, oh, she's gonna come with these bright ideas called charter schools. And, <laughs> and literally she brought in, she, she um, brought in this idea of like, we're gonna close these and you know, oh, we have to like privatize. At the Department of Education, blah, blah. Fast forward four years later, she stole, I think, I don't want to say the wrong amount, but she stole millions of dollars, millions of dollars of the education system and took that money away from the kids and closed over 300 schools in Puerto Rico. She closed them down. Schools yeah. that were running, schools that were needed in those neighborhoods. She stole the money. Like literally the FBI went and she's on house arrest right now. She's Worse than Elizabeth Holmes, I have to say, because Elizabeth Holmes only stole money from rich investors. <laughs> there you go. And this, we need to have a Hulu special on this monster. This, this monster needs to, exactly. Because she went in with her, oh my God, listen to me. I'm a white woman. I know what's best for y'all. And she literally stole money from the, education of our kids and then closed down hundreds of schools that's her legacy in puerto rico it, oh, it, it, and, it, and it is the same thing with the health system like my mom has several health conditions and 
she cannot find a doctor. There's no, there are no doctors in Puerto Rico. Why? Because when you, when you um, destroy um, the system that makes society work, the people are gonna fly. The, the people that are gonna, that are gonna uh, go away are gonna be the people with the means to go away. They can get jobs somewhere else. Doctors are leaving the island in like mass. They're just like leaving the island. And Puerto Rico has a, uh, it is very sad that there, there's a scarcity of, of doctors because these people are like, I, I'm a professional. I, I study a lot of years to serve my people, but I cannot have electricity in my house. There is, uh, you know, the water is like in and out. The roads are a mess. There is, um, there is literally like people buying homes everywhere. So I'd rather go somewhere else and make more money. So they're leaving the island. The teachers are leaving the island. The doctors are leaving the island. So everyone is left just fend for themselves while the rich people go on vacation for a few months or a few weeks and they get to go back to their privileged America, um, American towns where they have access to their doctors. They have access, you know, their, their kids are going to private school. So they're not, they don't know what the hell, you know, is going on. So I was wondering, uh, talking about all this there, oh, shout outs to uh, this criminal psychopath, Julia Kelleher, that exactly, is the, that, uh, that's former education secretary of Puerto Rico. So uh, yeah, let her name live in infamy, Julia let Kelleher. Let her name, yeah, Julia Keller, exactly. <laughs> and uh, my question is, you know, obviously we're seeing like a disincentive uh, for people to stay in Puerto Rico if you're a professional. So there's like a huge brain drain. You know, all the doctors are leaving. Exactly. All the professionals. Um, the uh, middle class is being completely mm -hmm. squeezed out because they cannot afford to purchase um, real estate, which is at an uh, a, a elevated price. Mm -hmm. The uh, Bitcoin boys showing right. up. But um, Bitcoin Boys LLC. How is this uh, also a product of um, United? I mean, so the United States is an empire and Puerto Rico is a colony, right? And so, you know, we get upset at, um, I don't know, like Russia invading Ukraine, whatever, uh, right. and they're turning Ukraine into a colony. It is be going to become a colony of Russia. Mm -hmm. But um, we, I, I'm a whataboutist on this podcast. <laughs> like, I never want to point the finger at other people doing bad, other countries doing bad things necessarily when we have no moral leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. And what is uh, going through the history of Puerto Rico, you brought it up in the past. I've seen like, uh, like uh, one of your um, uh, sketches on uh, Instagram or rather on YouTube was like a professor giving like a senator, like a, a fast forward through like, issues in Puerto Rico and right. like what what are some laws that were put in place that just incentivized the uh, corporate takeover of the of the island I mean there's so many the Jones Act is truly um is atrocious because the Jones Act I believe it was implanted in 1917 and it has completely crippled the island's um ability to flourish as an, on their own, with their own economy, because what the Jones Act does is, is make Puerto Rico pay these insanely high taxes to import 
things. But when you import things, they have to come in a U.S. vessel, in a U.S. Um, ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know, got to come from the U.S. has made itself a an inter, a middleman, an intermediate. Right. They're right? they're like you're you're my you're my colony. You're gonna have your little government that we're gonna put in place, and they're gonna be our little puppets. And then we're gonna make the people pay all these high taxes. So that way you get your money, you keep some for you. And then you send me uh, like 90% of it. And then we're just going to say, Hey, you guys, you got to pay this taxes because if not, like, how are you going to eat? Literally 98% of the food that comes to Puerto Rico is imported. We're talking about a tropical Island. Remember when we were talking about mangoes and avocados? <laughs> yeah. Puerto Rico should be able to grow all of its own uh, exactly. mangoes and avocados. Right. Guess what colonization does? Colonization makes a tropical island believe that they cannot grow their own crops. It makes them believe that we, you'd rather use this land for a pharmaceutical to come in here. And that way you're like, you're, you're making medicine. So, you know, you have to buy the plantain from us. We're going to have a ship, bring it from Miami. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, are you kidding me? You have, you have taken away the, the rights, our rights to not only fight for our freedom because they literally have killed every single, killed, not like, no, they have killed every single person that has uh, made a statement that has um, fought for our freedom and has have have made Puerto Ricans believe that if you fight for uh, your freedom, you're a communist uh, that just like wants to, I don't know, become a dictator. And 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 that way they 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 make the people forget that the dictator is the empire. <laughs> the dictator is a person that is telling you what to buy, where to buy it from and what to eat and what to watch on TV and what, what to wear. You, like, what are you, how, how, how colonization works is, is not only like with these laws, right? And how it affects us economically, but the things that they make us believe through these laws, like you're, you're not self-sufficient. Remember self-sufficient when we're talking about it? Earlier? Yeah. We're, we're, we're like teachers right now with the lesson plan. Remember when we brought this up? Right, so uh, they're like the Puerto Ricans are are uh, the the mental shackles of colonialization are like I can't stitch myself up, I can't <laughs> grow my own crops, I can't make penicillin off my own moldy bread, I need big pharma, I need plantains from Miami. Miami's the only place that grows plantains. Those right. are where the best plantains come from, Florida. <laughs> Right, 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 right. But yeah. actually, the Domin Dominican Republic has amazing <laughs> plantains. But again, it, but that's the thing with the Jones Act. If you want to make business with someone else, like Dominican Republic is around the corner. Right. But if you want to, you want to make business with them, you have to pay us. If you want to make business with uh, other vessels, it, it, um, I think it's either you got to pay more or they have to they have to go around, like instead of Dominican Republic giving us the plantains, Dominican Republic has to give it to a vessel in Miami and then Miami brings it to us. Like we literally cannot just take the plantains off Dominican Republic's hands. It has Even to though come. it's so close. Exactly, it has to come in a US vessel. And then, the, and then that's why we have to pay so much money for it because then they're like, oh, it, it costs this amount of money for it to go to Miami and then come back here. So you have to pay for it. 
And then we have to pay for that. Imagine gas. You know how people are here like, oh my God, gas is so expensive. Imagine how expensive gas is in Puerto Rico. A U.S. territory that that is paying in dollars, but doesn't have the same economic uh, rules or guidelines that they have here on the mainland. They literally just like, oh, but y'all are going to pay a little bit more than us because we brought it from a ship that, you know, it's just, it costs more money. So it's a U.S. ship, so you got to pay more money. And then we're paying more money for gas, for electricity. We're paying more money for food. Like I say, all the food comes from outside. Some people are trying, you know, there's a movement of the young people that are trying to build this agricultural movement, but it's very small and it's not supported by the colonial corrupt government on the island that uh, think there right now we are being ruled by a statehood, the statehood party, which is the party that is like, we want to be Americans. We want to be white. We want to be with the empire. They're Puerto Ricans themselves, but they're, they have, um, you know, this belief that um, they're better than the other Puerto Ricans because they, they love the master. They abide, um, <laughs> you know, by the master's so, rules. So SUNY, I have a, okay, okay, okay. I'm of multiple minds with this and I really wanted to have you on because I am confused. So now, much, right? Okay. Sorry, if sorry, I everyone. Put, it's so if, much. If I put, I put one hat on and this hat is like, uh, okay, somebody who lives in the, on the mainland in the United States, who's thinking, man, I would like the United States to be uh, better domestically. What can we mm-hmm. do domestically to make the United States better? And these ideas, and I'm from Washington, DC. So a lot of uh, the arguments for progressive Democrats, right? They are like, whatever that means. They're saying, uh, hey, if, if DC and Puerto Rico had statehood, then they would A, have more, we would have more um, voices in the Senate, in the Congress, whatever, to, um, to enact progressive policies. So that's one. The, secondly, being from Washington, D.C., which is like primarily a black city when I was growing up there, my dad, we would drive around and he'd be like, hey, it, look, at the, we live in an internal colony. He was like, this is Washington, D.C. is a colony. So I always grew up with this idea that I was living in a colonial, in a, in a colonized space without wow. representation. Wow. So uh, one approach is if you join the organization as an equal member, that was then you would have an equal say and also uh, not be um, have there wouldn't be the same sweetheart deals with corporations that exist um, in a space where when you're a colony or a commonwealth versus a state. So that's one. Then there's the side of me that's like, um, you know, uh, anti-colonial entirely and believes in the liberation of all groups. And in that case, we should, the United States should be broken up and, <laughs> and or no, na- uh, nations are all fi- fictitious, like, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, or they're all fictions that, um, hmm. don't, that can be changed, uh, adapted or disintegrated at any moment, kind of like East Germany or like the Soviet Union. Hey, I'm here so, for it. Uh, so I was remember talking to a friend from Puerto Rico. This is long-winded, but I'm talking to a friend from Puerto Rico in college, and I was like, yo, man, what about statehood? And he like got so upset. He like blew up at me and was like, What? No. And you know, what is uh yeah, so 
what are your thoughts on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have one word. Yeah, I have one word for you. Hawaii. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hawaii. Case study is Hawaii. Hawaii was also colonized, you know, uh-huh. um, and um, then uh, forced to be a territory of the United States, and then forced to be a state. And if you follow the accounts of the Hawaiian natives, mm-hmm. you will see what happens when when a a previous colony becomes joins the empire and joins the you know joins um, the United States because the col- colonization, like I said, is not only the laws, is the is the mental shackles and it is the displacement and eradication of natives literally that they, they, it's just like we're just gonna kick y'all out of here and we're gonna move in that's where the settler colonizers come in right <laughs> they they, yeah. they they destroy the system they destroy um you know their society the society they make them believe they're less than they, they make them uh, uh work for them and then at the end of the day they're either gonna disappear or they're gonna start uh um coexisting which which ends up um eliminating that ethnic group that group that was there is no longer going to be there hawaii is now fighting to have clean water like literally because yeah they, 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 they literally they they literally are supposed to be a state and supposed to be taken care of by the u.s congress but the u.s congress doesn't care <laughs> about about natives, about black people, about about any any, they care about money and they care about upholding white supremacy. And unfortunately, they come in and they they're like, yeah, you're part of us. You're just you're just you're one of us. And what ends up happening is that they bring their their people to take over the land. They bring their uh, corporations and their their ideas to like how to extract. You know that wonderful paradise, uh, <laughs> beautiful things that they don't have in the winter in the north. They extract pineapples, baby. Pineapples, honey. They extract our uh, food, our natural resources, and then poison the land. Now, Hawaii is fighting for clean water. The natives don't have where to live because. It has literally been taken over by white people that have the means to move to a tropical. I think Hawaii is the, Hawaii has a, a mix. They have like tropic. Is it tropical though? I think they do have a. It is a tropical island. Someone can correct me. I'm not an expert, but I think there there is not. <laughs> it's not like they have a winter, you know. So so they. It has become a land full of hotels and resorts. And everyone goes to Hawaii to what? To go on vacation. And then they come back and fuck the natives. How are the natives left? How is the education in Hawaii? How is, again, <laughs> simple things like water, you know? Uh, it's, just, it's just very sad that, that I wish in a fair world where people are actually... Um, where our our political leaders are actually uh, 
benevolent and one that have good character and want the best for everyone. If that was the case, yes, let's join, let's join the empire and we can all, you know, <laughs> learn from each other and live happily ever after. You won't take my people to continue to fire wars, right? And you won't take my resources to like profit off of them and then leave me with none. You won't do any of those things, right? Like I wish that was the case, but unfortunately I've seen what I've seen and absolutely, what is it that Justin Bieber said? I've seen what I have to see. Do you know that video that he did with you? No, you don't know this. It's a TikTok thing. It's like, I've seen what I had to see and immediately no, immediately no. That's, that's what Justin Bieber said. Everyone, there is a Justin Bieber video there. <laughs> Look it up. It's just really, it's just like, I've seen what joining, joining the U.S. Congress as, a, as an equal in quotes looks like. And, and I don't want that for my people. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I want my people to be self-sufficient. <laughs> and there's been a there's been a long and proud um, line of uh, revolutionary leaders and thought uh, and experiences that have come out of Puerto Rico, and also um, violent crackdowns by the U.S. government on uh, Puerto Rican um, independence movements. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, I was like, just right before this, looking at how the, the only time that the United States has bombed its own citizens uh, was in 1950 in, uh, in Puerto Rico. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and that blew me away because, you know, like we look at the news all the time and we, we, we point fingers at other um at other countries uh, mm -hmm. bombing their own people. And that is grounds for us to mm -hmm. go in and uh, with you, military intervention and call other people genocidal. When we, mm -hmm. when this government, the United States government bombed um, uh, cities and towns in Puerto Rico in 1950. Mm -hmm. They did it here in Tulsa too. I believe that happened. I think, was that in the twenties when they bombed the Tulsa, the that's right. The black, the black um, town that was flourishing again. They uh, had their own. They, they had this amazing thing going on with. It was a uh, Black Wall Street. Exactly. And, uh, so it was a it was a thriving it was a thriving portion of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they used uh, decommissioned um, U.S. Uh, military planes to uh, firebomb uh, Tulsa. Um, it's insane. It's literally insane. And what do those two things have in common? Black and brown people. <laughs> it's like, when you see, like, they would not bomb Florida. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't want anyone to bomb Florida. I don't want to, I don't want, I'll have friends in Florida. Uh, but no, but it's just, you won't see that happen anywhere else unless the mindset was a colonial white supremacy mindset of like, y'all are less than us y'all don't deserve um, to exist. Y'all don't deserve to thrive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's so, yeah. So I, uh, I'm watching an old TV show right now on Hulu. Uh, this is like a side note, but it, it is connected. And mm. so I'm watching the show called The Last Ship. And it's, it was mm. so prescient. It was like, it's like a sci-fi show and it takes place, um, I don't know, it was a novel first. But uh, there's like a flu that uh, wipes out 90% of the 
people on the planet. And this one US Navy ship is in like the Arctic at the beginning of the show. So it does not, uh, no one on the ship gets affected by the, by the plague. And when they, oh my God. when they come back out of radio silence, they are like the one um, functioning military vessel like left and the US is in disarray. There's been like a civil war, like people don't, you know, but the whole world is in chaos. So every season deals with this uh, Captain America type admiral who is uh, uh, trying to, through benevolent US oh foreign God. policy, restitch the world back together. And so it's like um, every season, uh, it's like dealing with um, American civil war types. And then the next one's dealing with like weird British nationalists. Then it's like oh my God. fighting against China. But then the mm. final season, uh, oh, in Russia and China and the final season the, before the show got canceled is the one I'm in the middle of right now. And it is uh, South America <laughs> is now rising up under a charismatic um, oh authoritarian who is trying to create a grand Columbia out of all of the formerly um, oppressed uh, countries. And his right. argument is so compelling because he's, uh, everyone's like, uh, I can't believe how violent you're being. You know, you're trying to overthrow the US government. And he's like, uh, let's go back to Guatemala. Like how many coups and military interventions has the US Right, had? yeah. This goes down a list of like every CIA coup. Uh, and he's only going back to the 50s you know, um, right. in Guatemala. And I was like, dude, it goes so much further than that. Like we can go yeah. back to the Mexican American war. We can go back to, um, you know, uh, everything we've done in the Caribbean with like- They invaded uh, uh, Rep Dominican Republic. They invaded Dominican Republic. You understand? Yeah. Or like the military occupation of Haiti, which is- Hello. You know? <laughs> you know so uh so like they're still making him out to be kind of a bloodthirsty dictator but i'm like low-key i'm just on his side the whole time <laughs> and it's one of the first um uh, episode or seasons where there is this idea of the uh, u.s questioning it's uh, it's still a tv show but mm -hmm, right, right, right this uh we are we know who the hero is supposed to be <laughs> But, but it's such a fascinating season because you can read it and be like, nah, man, these guys, the Grand Columbia guys are 100% right. <laughs> Wait, what's the name of it? The Last Ship? The Last Ship. Shit on Amazon, is it? It's on Hulu. On Hulu, yeah, of course. Yeah. Amazon would not have this show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was so prescient because I started watching it after uh, the pandemic. Wow. The, wow. the, during this stage of the pandemic that we're currently in and uh, how the show came out before that. And there are uh, there are people who were truthers, vaccine truthers on the show. People, yeah, I can see uh, that. <laughs> conspiracy theorists, characters who believe that the that that pandemic, uh, the red rust, the red flu was something created in a um, lab. Yeah. And, and all of the things that we're kind of going through right now or have been going through were, were teased in the show. Wow. So. That, sometimes that makes, because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> How did Hollywood approve this? How was this approved? 
And are they trying to tell us something? Is someone in there trying, or is this all a simulation? Because sometimes I'm like, <laughs> this is all, this could all be real, very real. <laughs> and it's it's kind of crazy. Like a lot of things, a lot of movies and TV shows have been made of this sort, you know, uh, touching on war and touching on, on, on invading other countries. And like, obviously there's the Avengers when <laughs> they come and save the world, whatever the heck. But I still have yet to see the story of Puerto Rico, the story of of a colony, like an like like all the repercussions and the violence that ha that goes into finding in quotes a new place, deciding that this is yours now, and then running it and ruining it. <laughs> For 126 years or plus, like where, like I, I will, like, I'm, like they will show us all these stories, but when it comes to really put the mirror, you know, on them, the mirror on 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 the system of like, these are things that the U.S. government has done and is doing currently, like today. I don't. I feel like I still haven't seen that. I haven't seen. That 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 story because it they're not ready for that conversation. <laughs> well, there's so for a long time was it that um, Puerto Rico's uh, media coming out of Puerto Rico was so limited. Oh, because it is it mediated everything is going through the um, U.S. media. Yeah, and so for that uh, in and of itself, it's going to be censoring uh, the true story of what's happening be it like bombings in Vieques, uh, like right. testing things in Vieques, or like mm -hmm. the uh, impact on the health of um, Puerto Ricans uh, working in pharma, mm -hmm. and, uh, medicines being tested on Puerto Rican people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or even L what things look like after Hurricane Maria, and how slow the, um, how slow it, uh, the, the aid was to get to um, Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. On purpose. On purpose. <laughs> yeah, because of like these things like the, the Jones uh, Act. Yes, the Jones <laughs> Act was strangling uh, the, um, the, the, the aid. They could have been flooding Puerto Rico. And everyone's got the, again, Ukraine Abbeys in their feeds. Um, and yet uh, when something like Hurricane Maria was hitting Puerto Rico, we couldn't do anything to help uh, our, uh, mm -hmm. our, our, our family, you know? Our, right, right. Yeah, it was, it was out. Listen, that that's, uh, I feel like it, it's only been what, like five years maybe since Hurricane Maria, but it feels like I had, I had to like close that wound, stitch it up myself Uh huh. <laughs> in a way that, that, that if I open it, like it is so, it's still painful. That feeling of like, my mom had no, she couldn't, she had no water. There was no, you know, how humans, I believe humans cannot go without drinking water for more than two days. Am I crazy? Or is it three days? It's a few days. I don't think. Let's say three at the most. Three at the most. Right. And she had no water. And she was like, I, I just, I just drank a, a Coca-Cola today. It felt good. And, and it was like, heart, like, I was just, I just wanted to. You know, the Hulk, I wanted to just Hulk out and just 
just flicking fly myself there because people literally had zero access to food, to water, to, uh, to, 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 to gas, to even go to places because not just like, oh yeah, let me get on my horse and, you know, grab the, <laughs> the pineapple and just like, you know, feed myself. No, it has been, again, the land has been already preset for when things like that happen, they cannot survive. They cannot. They, they literally, unless a plane comes from the savior and brings all the help or the ship comes from the savior, we cannot survive. Our rivers contaminated, our waters contaminated. Like the, the, the electric system that was destroyed, you know what they did? They made a bid to a bunch of companies, U.S. companies, again, the, the U.S. making money, profiting off of Puerto Rico. Hey, y'all, these people, like, their, their grid is, like, trashed, completely trashed. So do any of y'all want to go there and pretend to fix it, but, like, make a bunch of money, and then we'll pay you to go and do that? The U.S. made Puerto Rico pay money to a company, a corporation, to come and fix the grid on top of them charging the Puerto Rican people a bill for electricity. And then they went in and the people that, that ended up there, which is Luma, they had the worst record. Like they used to put, I think they were in Texas. They used to be a, a, a company in Texas. They had like one star, like <laughs> literally they, they, they were kicked out. They had all these like, um, um, I don't know if they had like uh, lawsuits, but they were, they were, they were like not reliable and not legit at all. They but failed they, up. They failed and they, but the US Congress allowed them yeah. to go to Puerto Rico and fail Puerto Ricans. Because who cares about them not having electricity? Who cares about them having to pay triple the money for electricity? And who cares about the government? Literally, because they, they have been so brainwashed, these statehooders that they're like, if it comes from the US, it must be great. <laughs> Like they just think that because it came from the U.S., it's great. It's American. Hello. There's not. We have to say yes. They have no ability to actually like to research or question. Like, hey, what has your company done in the U.S.? Then have they actually been able to provide a whole town of electricity? Have you uh, served a, a town of more than two million people? You know what I mean? Like they don't yeah. really ask this question because there's so many behind the doors, uh, deals made behind doors where like. Uh, made this deal, I give you a million. You may, you say yes, I mean, I'm, I'll make you two millions. I'll vote for you the next. Uh, so the, all these deals that they happen here in the U.S. too. That's how everything happens here, also. But 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 to impose that on an island that's zero vote, zero say, zero way to be again self sufficient because it has been created. They have been, it has been already created. The the, the society has been already designed to not be self-sufficient it's like are you kidding me like i like i like i don't know it 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 it, it, it truly um it, it's truly um upsetting but it's also like how do we get out of this how do we we gotta learn to we... stitch up our own wounds <laughs> i think this all comes back to self-sufficiency you know what the lesson of today was self, be self self sufficient. If you don't know, yeah, pick up a book and learn. <laughs>
uh, uh, SUNY, this this has been so uh, fun. Are you what are you performing live now? What are we doing? OMG, I'm back to live after almost four months. I got I had Omicron and it was really bad. I had long COVID. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was really I was performing in the fall of 2021 uh, and I was still very cautious. Like I, I took off my mask to perform and then put it on or whatever. And then Omicron came in and it truly, it was like, nah, I'm good. I'm back on Zoom. Like <laughs> This is not, and literally like two weeks ago, I started like going back out again because I, I, it left me extremely, like it was like, again, the wound was open again. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I was re-traumatized. I was like, oh my God, like I had it really bad. It, I was, I fought it very badly for a month. And then for another three months, I was coughing my lungs out and had like the brain fog and no energy. Like I, I would just get up to barely eat and then go back to, like I had no energy. It was really bad. And now I'm, I, I'm still dealing with the cough a little, but I'm like, you know what? Let's go back in there. These people have to hear these colonial colonialism jokes <laughs> and I'm, I'm performing i'm doing a show here in queens at the queensboro which is a a great uh, restaurant uh approved and supported by aoc <laughs> she literally like goes there all the time to like do like community you know events or whatever it's it a great a pretty, show yeah yeah uh, oh yeah you did it yeah you did it like it was it's was, it was a really fun uh spot and i and I feel like I have some sort of agency into what, what I, you know, what, what I'm doing. Like, it's not like I'm <laughs> waiting for the system to pick me and be like, okay, you deserve a career here. Here's a stage. <laughs> it's like my own little stage that I can, um, that I, I have a little fun. I have a lot of, a lot of fun doing that show. Uh, that the next show is on April 14th. I doubt that you will be there, but I'm saying it just because you might you might want to figure out to come to Queen to the Queensboro and like check it out. Um, yeah, that's the, that's that's I think like the most um, recent show I have. There's something else, but I don't have my calendar in front of me. Just follow me. Sunny yeah. Reyes. <laughs> Where can people follow you? Say it again. Right, Sunny Reyes on Twitter. Where, where I get uh, more political and, and sarcastic. And on Instagram, Sunny Rays, for the people that uh, have trouble pronouncing vowels in Spanish. Uh, Sunny Rays is uh, my characters and um, obviously promoting my shows. So you can, you can get a little bit of both. You can get the jokes, you get the characters. You get the commentary that you so much crave for in this, <laughs> in this age of everyone has an opinion. <laughs> That's right. All these hot takes, baby. Hot uh, takes all day. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Suni, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And it was an illuminating discussion about Puerto Rico. And self-sufficiency. So, that's right. So uh, we'll do it again. Have Please. A uh, everybody follow me at GabePack1 on Instagram, G-A-B-E-P-A-C-1, and uh, definitely uh, give uh, Hello Cartels a five-star review, leave us, uh, yeah, leave us a written review, 
and uh, share episodes with friends because that's how we keep building the following. Thank you everybody who has joined the Patreon so far. And um, we have started a Discord. So uh, join us there, join the community. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and now uh, listen to the smooth sounds of Serene Patel guiding us out of today's show slash lesson.